Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Middle-class people, you know the ones, all stepping outside their town-ass conversions with some Oatly turmeric latte business, wherein the Elizabeth Duke realness with the shaved eyebrow and some vintage shop-acquired Reebok classics. No, babes. Stop trying to pretend to be cancelled. It's not the one, okay? That's my culture, not your fucking fancy dress. So listen up, posh people. If you're dressing common... It's just fucking drag on you, okay? And it's not very good drag at that, okay? So stick to your own lane, get back in those salmon cords, and find your own fucking aesthetic. Well, you know the score by now. If you're new round here, it does get easier with time. I can promise you that. And if you're still listening, well, you're not fucking big or clever. Might I just add, though, if you are mental, you will fit in very well round these parts. This time down the pub, we've got birds in the attic. Debbie, what am I fucking running? Some form of fucking ovary. There's birds in the attic, a little and gets frisbeed, and white shorts on your period. Well, I think we fucking know where that one's going to go, don't we? Oh, and it does say here that the DM slides are back. Oh, very exciting. It's all to play for. Uh, Debbie says, I sound a bit stressed this week. Yes, I am fucking stressed, Debbie. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because I've just become cat mum. Yes, you might have seen on the internet, I am now parent to the most demanding, talkative cats ever. Both of whom demand to be held, fed and watered from 6am to midnight. And I mean, I mean, to be fair, I've been looking for someone to do the same for me for, for quite a long time. So I can hard relate. Um, so I am a bit tired this week because hashtag Scotty is a busy cat mum. 10 points of you actually use that on the internet, that hashtag. Um, so I might be a bit shorter in tone this week. Okay. <laughs> And there's also another reason, because as you can hear from my lovely sound of my voice, 
The Covidia, she caught up with me. I took my COVID nose pregnancy test. Turns out that the bitch has finally catched up with me after three years. So I'm locked up in my bedroom. Just so happens that that is the environment of which I always record ATT. So God forbid I had a fucking week off. So I'm still here. So we'll see how it goes. I can't promise you I'll be entertaining. But, you know, that's the disclaimer every week. Right. Let's get on with it. Thanks. <laughs> Hiya. It's Sasha. I just had to call up because the dead bird gate has brought back some really traumatic times. And I thought it'd give other people a laugh. Um, so when I were a, a student in London, I lived in a shared flat. It was quite an old, an old kind of building. And we kept hearing loads of flapping and weird noises in the ceiling. And we told the landlord that we could hear these noises and the landlord fobbed us off because we were 19-year-old girls. And then one day I were at uni and my fella said that um, there were water coming through the ceiling. So I were like really panicking, ringing the landlord, thinking what bloody hell is going on. In the meantime, the ceiling collapses and a variety of, of both dead and alive pigeons fall through the ceiling, along with hundreds of flies and maggots. The landlord had to send pest control in. <laughs> and um, they got the, the dead and alive pigeons out of there, but um, the hundreds of flies and maggots didn't leave and and we had to leave the house within the month because it was disgusting it was like a horror film and now when i see pigeons even like alive ones outside yeah it, it doesn't sit well with me so yeah a bit more pigeon trauma for the podcast thanks bye what have you people been doing in your lives i, I just don't I just don't know why everyone seems to have a fucking pigeon story. La Paloma in Espanol. <laughs> I think it's Paloma in Spanish. Anyway, by the fucking by. What a revolting A. I'm trying my best to fucking keep fluids down and then you're coming here with that story. One. Two. Doesn't everything in a northern voice sound like a kitchen sink drama? Doesn't it just sound normal? <laughs> there was so much of that. I was just like... <laughs> Did like an Alan Bennett play. <laughs> oh, please. Honestly, I don't know how much more I can put up with this dead animal malarkey. Because, I mean, and what is it about birds? Anyway, well, the NHS one told me some pigeon facts because he thought, well, you're going to run a bit thin <laughs> on content to say. Apparently, they were Victorian pets, so they were very domesticated. And then they just went out of fashion, so everyone just like let them fly out the window. Sad, really, isn't it? <laughs> the new lot just killing their ancestors. Well, there you go. Hello, Scotty and all the After the Tone crew. It is Stevie from Colchester. I'm just calling up about the comments made in the last episode about Harry Stylish. I can't call him anything else now. Thanks for that. And this idea of legitimate queerness. I've phoned before and talked about this about being bisexual and how other fully gay people felt about that you know I mean that was in the 80s let's move on <laughs> and just yeah the whole idea of legitimate queerness that word it doesn't sit well with me I just think he wears what he wants to wear 
it's getting rid of toxic masculinity slowly, you know, showing that sort of person, um, dressing in a, a male-female way. Um, I don't even know if it has a label. I don't know if he's queer. I don't know if he's been with men. I don't, and I don't care. It's not important. Uh, the same as you know, with Grace and Perry, walking around in women's dresses and awful, oh god, awful makeup. He's married to a woman. Has he been with a man? I don't know. Is he gay? I don't know. I don't care. It's it's just people expressing themselves, and that should be as open and as valid as anything else. Teenagers that I see and kids that I see watching Harry Styles, they love him. My own daughter does. It's just giving more freedom about what you want to do, and I don't think he's doing it to make money. I do get your your feeling of like, this is irking me a bit, and I don't know why. But I think freedom for all is what I'm saying, and I, I know that you agree with that as well. I know you're not going, oh, help me out here. I think he's a bit of a tosser. <laughs> you're not saying that. I went Australian then. I know that you're just wanting to find out what other people think about it. And uh, I just think the more the merrier. Get on with it. Wear what you like. Be who you like. And I think that's what, the way things are going for the next generation. And I'm glad of it. Love you. Bye. Oh, hi, Stevie from Colchester. It's lovely that you've rejoined the conversation. Harry Stylish, you're welcome. 10 points for me. Now, let me just clarify something. Because you said something about being full gay there. And I just want to clarify. Because I think you're... As a bisexual person, identifying person who's called up and we spoke about this before, I think it's just really helpful to reiterate that bisexual doesn't mean half gay. It means bisexual, you know? And I think that's always really important to put on the table. And that's where I disagree with everything else you fucking said, which I'm, I'm really grateful for, actually. Because is it... I'm going to ask a question back of you, Nurse Stevie. Is it actually doing anything to dismantle toxic masculinity? Because my answer to that would be no. And where I agree with the sentiment, as you've quite clearly pointed out, that I, of course, want people to live their most full, authentic, real-life selves, that doesn't mean that behaviours, privileges, and uh, positions and platforms that people hold can't be critiqued, and it doesn't mean that they can't do better at doing them. Now, you bring up Grayson Perry, um, Grayson Perry Wine, Harry Stylish... They're two really good examples because of the triangulation. I think it's often discussed. Is it Foucault? Oh my God, I've worked at me being fancy. Quoting a philosopher who talks about the triangulation of masculinity. This idea that there is always this basis that they have heterosexualness or they have heterosexual appeal. They have a normalcy attached to them which allows them to be this part-time freak, allows them to take on and take off. And I think what I question is the authenticity of that because I feel that in the same way that I feel, feel with Bowie and I don't feel with Boy George, you know, I have other thoughts about Boy George, um, the drag comes off and heterosexual man can stand in front of us and pass and be fine and it's acceptable for them. They can because they pass and they have privilege. And I think that's what 
bugs me or irks me about this, that it's okay for them. Where some of us can't hide in plain sight, you know. And I think Russell Tovey, probably about maybe like eight, seven or eight years ago, gave, I think it was with Attitude magazine, gave a quite a difficult, no, it was with Wonder the Sunday Rags, quite a difficult account of, you know, his version of gayness which he has come out and apologised for and dismantled and spoken about, essentially, like he was glad that he wasn't, and I am completely paraphrasing here, he wasn't the sort of Nelly that I am. Essentially, not, he didn't name me. <laughs> I mean, he fucking should have. <laughs> but, and, and I mean, I think he's done a lot of work to clarify those comments for sure. And so I wonder if Harry was a woman or a trans person. I wonder if Grayson wasn't a successful fine art artist who was a genderqueer person or somebody that wasn't in a relationship with a woman. Whether or not that queerness would be A, acceptable, how they'd be spoken about within our societies and our cultures and see whether we'd be actually fucking talking about them on this podcast at all. So those are my thoughts. As you can hear, it's unfolding for me. And I'm not holding definites on this. But through my lived experience, I'm like, something seems to be a bit up here, people. Hi, it's Gemma. I've just been listening to the lady's embarrassing story of um, touching the boy's mouth. <laughs> oh, God, I'm wetting myself. My sister reminded me of something that I had buried deep. It was one of them days where, you know, kids are just being weird. Like you're just hyper and nuts and you just grab anything and make a game out of it. And it's just like carnage. It was one of those moments. And my mum's drive in the front of her house, on one side, it's got a sheer drop into next door's drive. And um, for some reason, my sister was playing um, one of those little Irish flute things, really going for it for some reason. <laughs> and me and her, my sister's little friend were spinning around, holding on to... Remember the Millennium chart that you got free in Tesco's? I can't even remember what was on the chart, but it was the Millennium. That's how long ago this this happened. We'd rolled it up into a tube and was just spinning spinning each other around, you know, like uh, Jack and Rose in Titanic, that, like, just spinning around. Then all of a sudden, she her grip slides off the vinyl, slippery Millennium Chart pole that we'd just made a game out of and flew over this wall and landed on the other side, down this sheer drop on the drive... Oh, my God, she flew like the little girl Matilda, you know, with the plaits, and she goes flying over. <laughs> and we ran to help her. My mum came running out of the house. All this while my sister's like... <laughs> the soundtrack. Fast forward to the next day at school. She turns up and she's got her arm in a cast and a sling. Oh, my God. My sister reminded me of this the other day. Oh, my God. And... She did also remind me, I think she listens to this podcast. So, Claire, if that's you and you're listening today, I am so sorry that I broke your arm spinning you around 
holding on to the Tesco's Millennium chart. <laughs> what an excellent message. Hello, Gem. Lovely to have you back in the room. Now, Claire, I hope you heard that heartfelt <laughs> apology. And if you've got a response to it, if you understood that story to be different, um, you know who to contact. You, you contact the police. Okay, Claire, don't call this podcast. Just contact the police straight away. The level of detail. My God, haven't you got a memory? Isn't it awful to think that the millennium, I can't even say it, let alone be around for it, the millennium was 23 years ago. 20, I know people who call this thing up who are younger. Now, if, dear listener, you are from one of the gens, I don't know, gen, uh, gen Z, gen, gen, Jennifer Saunders. If you're from one of, one of those gens um, and you don't remember the millennialisms, well, I tell you what, you think these were difficult times with the COVIDs and climate change and all that malarkey. Well, we had the millennium bug to contest with. We thought all computers were going to magically die. Yeah, the moon, the moon, you know, the moon. It went in front of the sun, yeah, and they built a massive tent in London. (laughs) If you've got other memories from the millennium, please do call up. I would love to reminisce with you about being fucking old, God, ain't we getting old? And there's also something there about playing out. I don't think kids play out anymore. Well, I mean, I don't think middle-class kids ever played out, but I think, like, working-class kids, they don't seem to play out anymore. Do you remember, like, as a kid, like, I used to just be knocking around the street, causing absolute fucking havoc, because I was absolutely bored with my friends. We'd be climbing on scaffolding. Do kids play out anymore? No? Let us know about your playing out stories as well, please. Thank you very much. Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. And the rest of the team and everyone in the pub. It's Alopecia Sal here. Or maybe I should be um, Hairy Sal now. You've been asking for embarrassing stories. If I go right back uh, to when I was a teenager, I think probably working in the Wimpy at that point, you know, when it was elite, when it was too young to be working. I had a bit of money and I went to see and I bought these white shorts and I just loved these white shorts. And went to, there was like a trip to the, the youth club had a trip to the seaside and I decided I was going to wear my white shorts. But I had a period, uh, not really considering that <clears throat> that might be a bad idea. Anyway, we went to this fun fair. Uh, we went on one of those things. I don't think you see them anymore, but it was like a, a barrel. You sort of stand with your back against the wall. Then the thing spins. You know what I mean? That that thing. So thing was spinning around really fast. And then the floor goes away. And of course, I didn't know that that was going to happen. And I thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world. I started giggling. I giggled so hard that I pissed myself. I was wearing a towel and it mixed. Oh, anyway, and white shorts. And, it, and of course, with the century, is it centrifugal force? It all went up the up the back <laughs> on the on the coach on the way back to London I managed to snog somebody that I fancied for a while so you know it wasn't all bad <laughs> but anyway thought you'd enjoy that all right my love I hope you're doing well I'll speak again soon at some point maybe you know <laughs> all right take care bye Harry slash alopecia sal. I mean, you know, you can be both at the same time here. You can be whatever you want, unless you're fucking Harry Stylish, apparently. <laughs> nah, a wimpy. Well, I tell you what, living up north, you can't get a wimpy for love nor money. Actually, I'm going to look. I'm going to Google this. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't worry, I'm, I'm still alive, everybody. <laughs> wimpy locations. 
UK. Now, for our friends overseas in the Americas, it's a bit like, what's it a bit like? It's a bit like a Denny's, actually, but um, worse. <laughs> now, let's have a look. Well, apparently there's one in Huddersfield. Nobody told me that. Well, now, oh, oh, sorry. You know where the map does that thing? Because really, oh, there's not very many up north, is there? There's loads down south. There's one in Rotherham, of course there is. Rotherham, well known for uh, where TV chef Jamie Oliver tried to stop kids being fat in the schools. The mums put pork pies through the gates. (laughs) That's my favourite fact about Rotherham. There's one in Huddersfield and there is one in Birkenhead. Of course there is. But yeah, they're all largely down south. I'll tell you what, I miss a wimpy. You get a banana split. Oh my God, I used to fucking love them. Oh, my God, delicious. You know, they cut a banana in half and they put that shitty, squeezy, creamy shit and then they just whack whatever fucking shit they've got. Oh, my God, absolutely delicious. And, of course, Wimpy, notorious for the bender. (laughs) Mind at the gutters, please. It's a swirly sausage. That's what I said. (laughs) Thank you very much for your memories. Of, I mean, bless ya. I mean, you know, when you're that age as well, you would have been absolutely fucking mortified. Sounds like you regained your confidence on the coach trip home. Coach trips, I mean, when you were a kid, they were the most exciting things, weren't they? Although I had mishap on a coach, well, often going back home to Ireland. The roads were all unadopted out our way. I mean, <laughs> they've now got tarmac in the west coast of Ireland. So the roads are a, a wee bit smoother. Now, um, we used to have to always get a McGinley's coach. And I'll tell you what, they didn't drive slowly. They were up and down. I was, well, I was only this high. I, I mean, you can't see what I'm pointing at, but I was that high. And I was being thrown around the back and I would be sick, sat in chronic. So these lovely jackets, I remember them. I've never got over them. My mum bought me these like suede jackets from Camden Market. One was green and one was red. Well, I chucked my guts up into the pair of them and my mum just had to leave them on the side of the road. I know, bless me. Anyway, that's... Listen, if you want to share with us your menstruation story that went wrong, I mean, come on, wearing white shorts, bless ya. My God, it couldn't have been worse, could it? And also love the scientific, well, it's the central fugal force, actually. If you've got a story like that, don't keep it to yourself, share it with a gang. And now it's time for a breather. I tell you what, I'm going to take the fucking breather for myself, let alone you lot. I am sweating fucking buckets. But anyway, still to come, there's sexual exploration, a tough pill to swallow, and a decapitation. Uh, I mean, is that legal? Are we allowed to do that? Oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, remember to hit that subscribe button, BBC Friends, so we can remind you we exist every Thursday. Lucky you. Apple listeners, please do leave us a little review if you can. Spotify friends, remember, you can now give us a few stars. And with the Unpacked coming out this week, we hope to see after the tone in your top podcast lessons, actually. All of that sort of stuff, it really does make a massive difference to us in a world where even audio has become algorithmic. And so the same goes with that little share that you do of our content on the gram. We really, really do appreciate it. 
This week over on the Patreon, I'm talking to Misha, who's come back from their honeymoon and wants to talk to me about queer baiting. Don't mind if I do. If you don't quite get your feel on a Thursday, then you can join us over on the Patreon for a bit more of this sort of thing for as little as £2 a month. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. And remember, without you, there is no podcast, so do give us a call because we always do love hearing from you. And, um, and we've got a cracking guest coming up for our Christmas special that's going out on the 22nd of December. So turkey mishaps, shit presents, pretending that it isn't happening, or stories from Christmas past, present, or future, please, all you've got to do is open up the WhatsApp and send me a little voice note to this number. 0788-200-3420. It's free, relatively painless, and remember to throw in your submission before Monday morning if you're keen to be in the episode that following Thursday. Right, let's get back to the second half of the show. Hi, Scotty and crew and everyone in the pub. Um, It's Rachel. I rang, I think it was last season, about sort of being torn up about labels and getting really stressed out, really, about, you know, what do I call myself? And is someone going to come along and say, you know, you can't say bi or pan or queer and you can't change your mind day to day? And you responded to that. And I think somebody else called in as well. (sighs) Thank you so much, (laughs) really, for your response and and the other person that called in as well it was when I sort of listened to that it made me quite emotional and I think it's just because I felt relief like I was everything you said just and the other person just made sense like words and language they are restrictive at times and there is no need to get myself all stressed out a bit just be me and be labelless and that's absolutely fine yeah I felt much more relaxed and I'm really I'm just calling in really because you've you've left something on the um patron about sort of sexual exploration and queerness and I would say I'm sort of like right in the middle of it it still sort of feels all quite new to me but that's really really exciting actually right now I'm not really bothered about these labels and things and I'm just sort of going with what I want and when me and my partner sort of realised we were both on the sort of the same page and sort of in terms of queerness and then sort of recently sort of non-monogamy as well it was just like a big relief for, for both of us and it's exciting I would you know we're discovering all this together so yeah super exciting time in terms of our sexual exploration I'm feeling quite free and uh, that's it really. So yeah, just a more positive one from me this time. Bye. Rachel, lovely. Thank you for joining us. And actually, let me just stop you there. I think the last time it was really positive as well because you really helped um, us unfold a massive conversation that I think if you remember, me and my mum in that, that season finale spoke about at length and my mum was just like, let's just exist without labels. Let's have fluidity. Now, I'm really aware what I'm about to say to you, Rachel, is going to maybe contradict part of what I've been responding to with Stevie in this show and the last few weeks in regards to the Harry's 
stylish. But the fluidity of which I want to encourage people to live and the vagueness and falling between the gaps, because even within these this non-binary, and I don't mean that as a, a sense of like a non-binary gender identity, I mean as in a non-binary, not this or that, you know, falling within the gaps, creating a spectrum, creating an arch between these identities is definitely the world that I want to live in. But I guess, Stevie, because I know what you're saying, oh, well, it's all right for Rachel, but it's not right for Harry. Rachel's talking about it and not trying to fucking sell records off the back of it, not trying to use an aesthetic to essentially what I feel like feels like massive gaslighting because I guess the same thing could be accused of young blood, right? But at least young blood is like, this is where I'm at with sexuality. This is where I'm at with gender. This is what I want for the people that listen to my music. And to my knowledge, what we get from Harry is a complete shtum. It's a blackout. It's like, we're not going to talk about it because we don't want to damage record sales, which is like the worst of me is thinking what's happening here. And so maybe that's the crux of the argument. There's also something here to do with the fact that some people want to wear the badge, but they don't want to turn up to the meeting. And what I mean by that is not everyone has to fucking work in some like LGBT centre or like befriend an elder queer person. But to be a part of a community is to invest in it. And what I hear from people that call up people like Rachel is this nature that people approach with that they're like I'm going about this in a really careful way and I'm unfolding this for me and I want to know what that means but I also hear responsibility I also hear a social responsibility that people are aware that that comes with something and maybe some of my beef with the Harry Stylishnesses of the world is that um she's wearing the badge she's got a polyester flag around her neck at some of the shows But does she really stand by it? Anyway, Rachel, this vagueness is excellent. And I'm really interested to hear, of course, as somebody who's like very established in ethical nomenogamy, um, I'm really interested to hear like what those steps are for you. And for anybody else that's listening to this, who is new on that journey, who might want to share that with some of the rest of the gang to be like, here is what I've learned. Because like I've said many a time, we've never seen the non-monogamous Disney film. So we have to like fucking make this shit up as we go along, which means there are a lot of pitfalls. So I think I'm always really encouraged for people to share that information with each other so that we can do this in a kind, ethical and um, glorious way so that it benefits because that's what it's supposed to do it's supposed to benefit everybody involved and as ever the disclaimer I'm not saying that non-monogamy is for everybody because you know some of you are boring <laughs> hello Dolly um, Kara here long time I know I have been listening from afar um, and dealing with my own mentals um, as fucking ever and then obviously, it's just the pigeons. I'm afraid I can't believe you've never come in contact with the death of a bird. Um, given in a Londoner, you were. There were so many of them and, and it made me laugh. And it suddenly reminded me of my dead bird story. <clears throat> it was fucking years ago when I was living in Brighton and I was late for work. Anyway, cycling in and there's a load of pigeons sort of like, pecking away at fuck knows what. I mean, I puked up chips, maybe from the night before, now in Brighton. And I sort of went to swerve them. And they went, 
And then the next thing I know, I, I was like, my bike ground went bang and I sort of nearly came off and I turned around and there was this pigeon stuck in my back wheel. So fuck knows how it got into it. And I was like, for fuck's sake, and it was flapping about. And I was like, oh my God. So I just got off my bike and I tried to get down and just, just as I tugged it, its fucking head just came off and its head was stuck between my spokes, I mean the chain. So I just threw it, you know what I mean? I just threw it over the edge into the towards the sea. And at that point was when it went fucking crazy. Like this, out of nowhere, this seagull just came and took the dead pigeon out of the sky. And then about five of them all flew in and were just literally tearing this carcass up above me on the sort of seafront. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. And as you reminded me, to this day, I wish I'd kept that fucking pigeon's head to prove to people at work why I was late. Because no one believed me. Big kiss. I mean, it's got farcical now, isn't it? The carer, it is lovely to have you back and lovely to hear your voice. And as ever, everybody, the long-term callers, the LTLs, listen, there is never any pressure to join in. There is a fucking pressure to join in. All right, where the fuck have you been? There's never any pressure to join in because life is happening to people. Life is unfolding for people. And you know, it's nice that you come back and you're like, this, that, and the other has happened anyway. I tell you what, as a cyclist, I can relate to some of this because during this period of time, like what I like to call the end of days, I mean, not generally, but you know, like you're coming towards the deep, darkest depths of winter. And I tell you what, the squirrels go fucking nutty. They go crazy. There's something about it. I think they're probably under pressure. They're probably quite stressed. They're probably dealing with social anxiety. They like run out at you. Like, you'd be cycling along, and all of a sudden, you've got this, like, squirrel comes out of fucking nowhere, almost in attack mode, but also quite frightened as well. Very much like me on this podcast. (laughs) So I can sort of relate. And you know what? I've got this fear, because dogs hate bicycles. They absolutely hate bicycles. So when I'm cycling along the towpath, some people have got dogs. They don't fucking deserve to have dogs, because they've got no fucking law or order over the dog. The dog can do whatever the fuck it wants. Well, it comes running up to you barking and they're like, oh, he's all right. And I'm like, yeah, well, he's all right until the moment that he gets his fucking paw stuck in my fucking wheel. And then you're like, you broke my dog's leg. So, you know, I can relate to the story. Also, seagulls, aren't they the fucking arch enemy of the world? I've never seen anything like it. Although, I tell you what, I do. One of my favourite Instagrams is Stephen Seagull. And it's this wee Scottish fella who has befriended a seagull. I don't know if it's still alive. Actually, I haven't seen content from them for ages. Maybe Stephen's dead. Oh, God forbid. Anyway, have a nose and see what you think. The carer, lovely to have you back. Hi, Scotty and the whole crew. I'm a first-time caller, relatively short-time listener. I think it's been about, like, six months now. Um, Shout-out to my friend Ellie, who introduced me to your podcast i love it so much (laughs) i feel like it's got me for a lot in this short period of time i just wanted to pick up on what the lovely person said a couple episodes ago about accents i have a very weird accent it like started when i went to uni i started basically picking up on everyone's accent around me i'm middle class (laughs) from hampshire and yet Sometimes I sound Northern, sometimes I sound Australian, for some reason. (laughs) Not that I even met anyone Australian, I don't know where the fuck that's come from, probably another podcast. But yeah, it's just really weird, and it surprises me, 
too, like the words I come up with and how I say them sometimes. And I'm just like, well, why is that? Why do I sound like that? <laughs> that's really weird. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up and see if that's a thing that anyone else experiences because people seem to talk about it all the time and say, you've got a really weird accent. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I can't help it. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Scotty. Also, by the way, my name is Sophie. I don't think I said that, but there you go. You know my name now. Yay! Oh, hello, friend, new friend, first time caller, relatively short time listener, FTCRSTL. And hello, Ellie, whoever you are who's put this person in touch with this podcast, you should be given a badge. And you are culturally responsible for this poor person's mental health. <laughs> Now, when you first started talking, I did think that you sounded like you were from the Scottish borders. They have quite a very soft Scottish slash northeastern accent. So I thought, oh, maybe that was where it was. So I, I totally understand this. And I, I, I would love to put this out to the room. Definitely put this out to the room about where people think they pick up their accents from or how they speak. Now, I do just want to point out something before we go on. This isn't just a bird murder podcast. Because as you could hear from this person, lovely birds tweeting in the background all very happy birds enjoying themselves okay there i'm just doing that for balance <laughs> okay it's not all murder there is some sweetness and light i've sort of touched on this and i spoke about my relationship with accent so i don't want to go too much further into that but um of course i did open up this episode by talking about a sort of a class performativity I guess in a way very big word for me yeah all right take a breath and I think there's a difference between the authenticity of when somebody is sort of like them they're mimicking a little bit of your accent or they'll say a word back to you you know quite often that happens to me up here because you know I'm quite common and my accent sounds very broad to people who are from Manchester they'll say a word back. And I don't find offence with that because, you know, if something sounds a bit peculiar, it gives us something to talk about. You know, personally, I think other people might disagree with me here, particularly some of my Welsh friends whose accent is just mimicked the whole time. So there's a difference, I think, between that and then when somebody comes along and I feel like it's being performed, like they're doing it to gain something. Now, there's another... There's another link back to that Harry Stylish chat. There's something here where it's like, of course, our accents can be affected, particularly if we go to university or we start to hang around in areas or we live in certain areas and that affects our dialects because that has been happening for ages. That just happens. That's just human. But when it's falsified, when people, you can hear that it sounds strange in their mouth and it's like they're trying to replicate something that they're not because they're trying to undo something that they're not and I don't mean you know I'm sort of getting myself entangled here because I think a lot of common people will soften their accent to sound posher to get on in life so I, I would see that as projecting upwards it's often when I find people projecting as they would consider downwards um when they are trying to use the aesthetics of a working class culture to come across cooler and I think that, for me, there's there's something within that. But you just sound like, you you sound like, when you said you were from Hampshire, I thought, well, this person sort of sounds like they're from England. 
actually. I didn't hear the Aussie, but maybe if you're watching Below Deck with um, Hannah, I think it's Hannah, the chief stew, uh, you know, watching reality TV can really affect our accents as well. We're living in globalised worlds. Anyway, if you want to pick up on any of this, you know what to do. And now it's time for your favourite and mine. It's time for the DM, DM slide. slide. Me and my sisters used to share a PC in the early noughties. Lots of noughties references this week. We'd have an hour each per night. One day, my sister was having a fight with her school friend, so ended up coming off 20 minutes early. So I thought, score an extra 20 minutes online. So being the inquisitive queer person I was, I guess I was interested in certain websites. My stepdad the next day checked our internet history and finds that someone has been on some gay porn. He then starts to do the maths <laughs> and the time in which the sites were visited were my sister's allotted hour. To this day, my stepdad is convinced my older sister is into gay porn. <laughs> and my stepdad recently brought it up and I just sat there and cringed. Oh my... <laughs> now this is excellent because obviously I'm laughing at the fact that you're holding this guilty secret because good on your sister you know as an adult she might be into that thing we never know our DMs are open for those things that you can't quite put your voice to at after the tone POD starting your message with this is a DM slide hey Scotty producer Debs Tim Maya Kat and everyone in the pub how are you all doing it's Forgettable Kim here, or maybe now Unforgettable Kim. <laughs> Thank you so much for your message last week. I felt really supported going into quite a difficult conversation with my dad. There is a good reason that he was the last person to know that I'm non-binary, because he's a bit of a piece of shit, if I'm completely honest with you. He's the kind of not nice that is too cowardly to say anything to your face directly, but you know what he believes, and his beliefs are trash. And uh, he expects you to put up with it. And all his family are the same. And they all, like, you know, basically will throw homophobic slurs around and just call it banter and expect you to go along with it. And uh, for the last couple of years, I've been outside of the family circle. I've just kept a superficial relationship with my dad and I've taken a step away from the rest of his brothers and sisters, apart from my cousins, who I do see, who are great. I won't be going back into the fold anytime soon, I don't think. I think this conversation has really solidified that. It's a tough pill to swallow, but like my relationship with my dad probably will never be able to be anything more than just superficial. You know, at least like I've I've had similar conversations with my mum and she's really trying. Like it's a challenge, but she's making such big effort to actually change. And like I just don't see it being an option with him. So yeah, it's quite tough. I had to give myself a lot of love this weekend lot of softness as you might say and I feel I feel pretty cheery now actually um I feel pretty good and um to finish on kind of a, a brighter note one thing that I thought was really lovely when I went into this conversation obviously I was quite scared and I was had some moments in the day where I wasn't sure if I could go through with it and I kind of paused and thought about all the people I've told um that I'm going to do this so there was like my close friends and then the Pride Network at work and you lovely lot and um, I just I could like see all of you like standing behind me in like a crowd and I just felt so bolstered and supported like in my chest the love and support I could feel from the community that I've built and been a part of and 
it just feels so fucking good and I'm so grateful to you for making this space and this community is amazing and I am really really grateful and you should all be so proud of yourselves and yeah thank you I will chat to you soon well unforgettable Kim I think we're solidifying that name I'm very touched by your message because oh god you've got me going now because um well I speak on behalf of all of the ATT team you know we're not setting out to make some self-help podcast we haven't ever set out to make some sort of therapy podcast we always just wanted to try and create a space where sort of weirdos can come together and have a bit of a giggle with each other it just so happens a sort of side effect of this creating a space for queerdos weirdos outsiders and the rest of us um that people often say that they get that from this gaff so it's really lovely but I, I do find that visual of you feeling supported by the gang uh, very touching because I think those of us who've had to reveal parts of ourselves sorry those of us who are forced to reveal those parts of ourselves you know because we have this idea of normalcy within our society that means anybody who has an experience which is outside of that has to declare it uh, anyone who's experienced that I think will be very touched by that visual I think I just want to tell you that it's a real massive sign of strength to be able to make those decisions moving forward about your continued relationship with your dad and your dad's family. Because I think people often put up with that shit because it's really difficult. It's really difficult to do groundwork and to try and get those people to see you and understand you. But to be able to say, if this relationship isn't working for me, familial or otherwise, if this is causing damage to me as an individual, if I can't see you trying, I'm not, you know, and we've mentioned this before, we're not asking people to be holy and understand us and fully embrace us. Well, I don't think we are. What we're trying to say to people when we reveal parts of yourself it's like I just need to tell you this and I would like you to respect that and try and meet me somewhere on that journey and I know this might be new information for you but this is who I am you know when we don't see any effort that feels meaningful to us that decision to say this isn't working for me I think is a massive sign of strength and I think there will be loads of people listening to this who will take loads from that Kim so thank you so much Again, there is something here about coming back to this idea of being held by a community, being seen by a community, feeling like you are involved in a community. Hashtag Harry Stylish, again. (laughs) Anyway, Kim, also as well, these calls where people reveal these parts of themselves, and many of you at the end of them just will very frivolously say, oh, next time I'll call something cheerful. It doesn't always have to be cheerful. Let's just put that in the room. Like, do you know what I mean? We can have a giggle with each other, but we can also tell each other the truth. And that truth should feel productive. And it feels productive for you, Kim. You know, I wouldn't want this to be a place where people start talking about stuff that was so raw that they felt that this was some form of therapeutic space, you know, because as we said in many series ago, it isn't. But to to bring stuff to the table, it, it doesn't have to be... I chopped off a dead bird's neck because actually the the respite from those stories is quite welcomed. And that's your lot. So it's over to you. We have done bisexuality, period pants, more fucking decapitated birds for fuck's sake, wimpies, playing queer, 
traveling, all the works, all the millennium. <laughs> Listen, tell us what you think about what you've heard. If you agree, disagree, or you're not sure, that number to voice note is in the description box. Tim and Maya eagerly await your call. At After the Tone POD on the social medias, please. Remember those DMs are open for your gossip and we'll be back before you know it. Well, hopefully I'll be back. Who knows? It's a bit touch and go for me. I still might be in this room. I might be more fucking crazy than the last time that you got me. But until then, I will leave you with the exemplary sounds of my very talkative kitten babies because I am that cat mum. See you in a bit. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.